Aren't you glad that he's here? Aren't you glad that he called your name? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. There's many out there that have are walking down the streets wondering what life is all about, but you have received the word of life, and you know what life's all about. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you. You can have your seats for a moment. Uh, it's good, just good to be here today, and. Uh, I don't know, is this your camera here? Where's your camera? Here, there, 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 there? All right. <laughs> okay, see. All right, I just wanted to look into the camera. Give me this shot this morning. Give me this shot. I just wanted to greet Brother Harold in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure he's home streaming this morning and, and uh, let you know that we miss you, Brother Harold, and uh, thinking about you this morning. Amen. Thinking about all of our elder brothers this morning, Brother Biscoll, uh, who sends his greetings, and uh, uh, he's going to shoot me, but I'll say Brother Tom, Ray, <laughs> uh, my elder brother, and, you know, the white-haired one and uh, that uh, sits on our platform in Cloverdale, and he sends his greetings and love here. I know to Brother Harold and to the saints here. Uh, it's just good to be here. Brother John Andes, who you know well, asked specifically to be remembered and sends his greetings. So greetings to each and every one of you. It's good to see some warm bodies in the pews. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> as hard as it's been for you to be at home, it's not been easy on the preachers and to be able to stand up here and and I know Brother Ed has been laboring, and the ministers here have been laboring uh, to uh, minister the Word of God and stream it over the internet so that everybody could be fed the message of the hour. I'm thankful to call Brother Ed my friend, and he's been a real friend uh, in the, uh, you could say, in the good times and the bad times, which is the same times that we praise the Lord. But it's good to have friends in those times as well. And uh, I told Brother Ed, I said, you know, you have labored much to feed the sheep 
through while trying to meet the government regulations and streaming and and not many people been in the services and probably many times not anybody in the pews and all of that. And I say, God bless him. And I, I said, you know, really, you should take this service this morning. Nobody's saying amen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I said, you know, it would be really uh, uh, your place to take this first service where finally they have lifted off the numbers, even if they've left us with some regulations to follow. But uh, uh, I hope you appreciate what God has given you in His love gifts. And I know Brother Ed real well, and I know he's got a real heart for the sheep. And, you know, that's kind of who he is he, when he said, you know, no, Brother Tim, you take it. I'd rather that you take it and, uh, and uh, the people would be benefited. And uh, he always puts himself behind others, and he doesn't project himself to the forefront. And uh, we appreciate that, and that's hard to come by in these days. Uh, we're living in a very narcissistic age, an age where the anointing or the prevalent spirit on the age is the me, the me movement. It's all about me. And uh, there is a people who's not all about me, but it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope you've come here this morning with that attitude. It is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not Tim Dodd. It's not Ed Hammermeister. It's not anybody else. If the Lord Jesus Christ isn't here, we're wasting our time. But I'm thankful he said, wherever two or three are gathered. And, and, uh, and I, I said to the saints at home, I said, sometimes we might feel like if we're alone, we don't fit that category. But you know, Daniel was alone in the lion's den. And God was with him there. And uh, so wherever you are, if you're streaming this morning, if you're here this morning, God is not limited by time and space. Uh, God is not uh, bound to this dimension that we live in. He moves freely. Uh, he's not limited by four walls. And he's not limited by our understanding. He can move this morning in a way that we don't understand. All we need to do is say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Let the Holy Spirit take control and have your way. I wonder if you'd take your Bibles and at this time we'll read from the Scripture. If you would like to stand with me. I see Brother Sam Lentz here this morning has uh, passed another milestone in his life. It's very healthy to have a birthday. The more you have, the longer you live. And uh, so it's, uh, we, got, we greet you and bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we never thought we'd be on the earth this long, did we, Brother Sam? It's, uh, it's been a long road. I remember my oldest daughter, who is 37 years old, I said she'll never see kindergarten. The coming of the Lord is that close. And it still feels that close. And it could be just any day, and, and certainly we, we're not watchers of the events of the hour, but we see the world falling apart. And, uh, uh, you know, we know that as a bride, we have received our last sign over 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, a last sign to the church that Brother Bram says, the only thing we look for now is the coming of the Lord, and we're still looking. And if Noah could build the ark for 120 years, I'll keep looking for him every day. 
Amen. I trust you're with me there. Let's, let's bow our heads together in a word of prayer as we ask God's blessing on the, the word this morning. Heavenly Father, you are the mighty one. You are the one that is in the midst of your people and individual lives. It's amazing, oh Father, how you have made us. It's amazing how we can all be so different but we love the same word. We desire the same revelation. We are filled with the same spirit, creating in us the same nature. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning presenting our lives and our hearts, whether it be here, whether it be on the internet, wherever it might be, Lord. Father, you said you'd be encamped around those that fear you. And so, Lord, we invite you to take the preeminence now. Lord, I'm just, you know what I am, Lord. You, you know me better than I know myself, Lord. I have no confidence in myself, but I have confidence in you, Lord. Your word is the truth, oh God. It's been proven over and over and over, and heavens and earth would pass away, but your word will never fail. But it's not just the truth, Lord. It's also the discerner of the thoughts and intents of every heart. Lord, may you come through this meeting as we've come together. We are rejoicing. Our hearts are in expectation. Lord, our licks of fire are burning, oh God. And now we pray, Lord, just have the preeminence. Glorify your name. Do something special in the midst of your people that will be a glory to your name and your great majesty. As we give ourselves to you now, we ask your blessing upon the word as we read it. Upon the hearing of it, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. Luke chapter 1 is where we're turning this morning. I'm sorry I didn't give you the reference. I'll wait for you. Luke chapter 1. It's always good to have your Bibles. It's always good to know your way around your Bible. Even if we got these great electronic screens that we can put the scriptures up on and everybody can sit back and relax, there's still something about the good book. There's something about this. It's not just a good book. He's not just a good God, but it's eternal, the eternal words of eternal life. Luke chapter 1, and we'll begin reading at verse 26. This is often, we refer to this at Christmas time. So we'll have Christmas in June, Brother Ed, and uh, we'll just preach on uh, a little bit about what we call the Christmas story. Brother Branham called it that, and, uh, uh, but you know, I think the Word of God is effective at any time. And in the sixth month, verse 26, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto, the city of, unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women." And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. Now, I want you to notice here now that as the angel came to Mary, 
And he began to speak to her. It's very much like how God speaks to us and shows us things. It doesn't exactly match our thinking of who we are and what will happen in our lives. And so God comes to Mary and he begins to send his angel to Mary and he begins to minister to her. And, and, and firstly, he wants to tell her that God is with you. And you, amongst all women, you're blessed. And, and, uh, and as she saw him, the Bible says she, it didn't say that, or she embraced every word that he said. No, that's not often the way it is with the message and that is sent by an angel. A lot of times things are said that trouble us. Are you with me? Sometimes, and the reason they trouble us is because it's not the way we thought of ourselves. Now, we could really jump right into the message here and say, when the message says that she is him, sometimes it troubles us because it's not how we look at ourselves. Or when the message says that we are the masterpiece of the last days, it troubles us because we don't look at ourselves as a masterpiece. When the message says that we were in his thinking before the foundation of the world, we were always in his thoughts and we just became materialized in this hour, sometimes it troubles us because in our human thinking we have, we have trouble understanding the eternal. Can you say amen to that? Maybe, you, maybe it's easy for you. It's not easy for me to comprehend the eternal. It's, it's becoming more and more clear all the time. But I want you to notice is that it says, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. In other words, she could not find the place where this fit with her own thinking about herself. This is a whole new concept, something that would come to her, uh, not across a pulpit, not across several services now. This is a supernatural being that stepped out of the realm of light and, and eternity and stepped right in front of her and now begin to minister to her a message sent from God to her personally. I hope you know the message is sent to you personally. And, and, and direct from God through an angel. She was it. She was the word for her day. She was the fulfillment of prophecy in that hour. And all she had to do was walk in the light as the light was given to her. She couldn't make herself pregnant. Hello? She could not make herself pregnant. No, she had to allow God to do something in her life that was totally unexpected, but yet totally supernatural. And I want to just say something here. Let me just, because I'm going to, I want to just focus for a second here on this. All she has to do is walk in the light. In the message Christ revealed in his own word, Brother Branham says some very uh, things that no doubt these quotes have been quoted much over the last few months in different message churches. But he says, knowing that we mustn't, that what we say we mustn't just say because we're gathered together to just haphazardly speak on anything. He says, but it's something that will help stabilize the people. 
For we are going to pass through dangerous, treacherous waters. You know, and it, and it depends on what you want to focus on in that sentence. Do you want to focus on the dangerous and treacherous, or do you want to focus on we are going to pass? Hallelujah. I'll say we focus on we're going to pass. It doesn't matter how dangerous and treacherous it is, we're going to pass through them. Amen? He says, we're already sailing through them, he says in 1965. And sometimes I guess it's with you like it is with me. It seems like that so much of it, it's such a scary, he says. And then he talks about ministering uh, to a, a young minister. He talks about great hideous things that people will see in the, uh, that are coming upon the earth in people's minds and people in a neurotic condition. And then he comes back to the thought at the, uh, at the end of the message. And I'm just paraphrasing so that I, I save a little bit of time. He says, now... The stabilizers has been put on the ship. Now, this is maybe the quote that we're more familiar with. Great fearful waves are out here before us, but we know just beyond that wave yonder, we're nearing the shore. See, we're nearing the shore. Now, what does he tell us to do? Just stay stable. Just stay in the word. Stay with God no matter how you feel. Listen, you can feel unsettled this morning. You can feel like, what's happened to my world? You can feel like, uh, uh, I've lost my job. I've lost this. I've lost that. Uh, Edmonton is not the same anymore. Alberta's not the same anymore. Canada's not the same anymore. Whatever it might be, you might feel that way. But he says, just stay stable. No matter how you feel, what anything else, stay right with the word. Let it stay stable. When you see all these great big old clouds around us and storms coming, atomic bombs and everything else that we're talking about, see, in his day, that was the destabilizing thing. The Cuban Missile Crisis and the, the Russians and the, the Cuba and the missiles and the threats and all those kind of things. Where would you be now? Where would it be, be standing now? Or I should say, where would the world be standing now if Russia was threatening to lob bombs over here or China's threatening to go to war? with America, all those kind of things, be the same thing. The world would be nervous. They'd be played up on the news media. Everybody would be playing up the fear of it. But for the bride, just stay stable. Amen. Just stay with the word. He says, they can't sink us. They can't drown us. We'll go right over the top of them. He says, God said it would be there. We'll crest every one of them. He says, you put us in the grave, we'll come out again. He says, that's just all there is to it. There ain't no way in the world to keep it down there. He says, we'll crest every one of them because our great chief captain is calling on the other side. Catch that now. He says, our great chief captain is calling on the other side. Where's the other side? That's the place this angel came from. That's speaking to Mary. Now, he's calling to us on the other side. That's the reason we're going to crest every wave. Keep, keep listening now. He says, O church of the living God, get to your feet. Believe him with all that's in you. Hold to that little wheel in the middle of the wheel. Let it stabilize every move and every motion that you make. He's talking about the quickened, predestinated seed within you, the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He says, every thought that you have, may it be controlled. Now, oh, we could spend a whole service on this. Every thought you have, 
let it be controlled by this power on the inside of you. Because God is setting right in his word of this hour in the evening light, showing forth the light. I'll emphasize that again now, showing forth the light. Then what do you need to do? Walk towards the light. Because that's where our chief captain is calling from. Amen. He is that light. In him was life, and the life was the light of all men. And that light is calling us, walk in the light. For as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. He's in the light. Stay in the light. Stay in the word. Stay centered. Stay stabilized. Everything you have need of is right there in the message of the hour. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Good to have some people in the pews. Praise the Lord. We get excited about it anyway, but it's just good to get excited with you. Amen. Praise God. So Mary was a little upset and puzzled. Troubled means she was wholly disturbed. When it says that she cast in her mind, it means she began to reason. She began to try and figure it out. She began to try and understand. But In the end of it all, she said, be it unto me according to your word. There was a predestinated seed that caught the revelation and that that faith rose within her and said, well, be it unto me according to your word. How shall these things be? Seeing I know not a man, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Well, be it unto me according to your word. How will I be changed into the image of Jesus Christ? The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. How, how will I be, become just like him? The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. How, how will I, I fulfill the word for this hour? The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Be it unto me according to your word. Amen. I'm going to read a quote that Brother Harold has read many times out of the Pergamian church age. It says, notice the harmony of the Father and the Son. Jesus never did anything until it was first showed him by the Father. John 5, 19, the har- this harmony is now to exist between the groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. Therefore, nothing can harm her, not even death. Now let's go through that process again. He shows her the word of life. She does not figure it out. He shows her the word of life. She receives it. In other words, she recognizes it. That's the word of God. Like Peter, thou alone hast the words of eternal life. She just recognizes it. Well, that's God's word. Praise the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. She receives it and and, uh, uh, she never doubts it. Therefore, nothing can harm her. Not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. Here is the secret of this. You probably know, many of you probably know this next statement. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. Amen. The bride has the mind of Christ for she knows what he wants done with the word. 
So let me just take that sentence and play with it a little bit. The bride has the mind of Christ for she knows what he wants done with the word. In other words, in other, if you want to know what needs to be done with the word, you need to get the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. All right, so, so there, there's a process, there is a, a working of God in our lives of putting the mind of Jesus Christ in us. Now, uh, I want to just, uh, I'll come back to that maybe in a little bit. So the bride is the mind of Christ where she knows what he wants done with the word. She performs the command of the word in his name for she has, thus saith the Lord. Then the word is quickened by the spirit and it comes to pass. Like a seed that is planted and watered, it comes to full harvest, serving its purpose. Amen. God's word will serve its purpose. You know, the Apostle Paul had a similar experience of having his world turned upside down. What he thought of himself as he was on the road to Damascus had a high opinion of himself, a Jew of the Jews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, and, and circumcised on the eighth day, raised at the feet of Gamaliel. Concerning zeal, there was nobody greater than him. And oh man, he was just so zealous for God and so caught up in what he was and what he was doing in persecuting the church that he comes along the road to Damascus and he's struck down by a pillar of light. We say pillar of fire, but a great light. So we'll call it a pillar of light. And so as he's struck down by this great light, where is it from? It's from that dimension that is light. Now light has come into this world. And Paul now has suddenly seen the light. Well, then what was he walking in before? He was, he was quoting scripture, but he wasn't walking in the light. But now the light struck him, and when the light struck him, then he recognized this is the same God that I read about in the book of Exodus that led the children of Israel in the wilderness. Now's my experience. And he says, who are you, Lord? He, saw, he thought, here it is, my great epiphany of my life, my great victory, my great experience. With, this is my burning bush experience. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. Whom you're persecuting. Oh my. Talk about being troubled in your mind. All of a sudden now it's like. Talk about casting about. I can imagine Paul with the great mind that he had. And the knowledge of the scripture. It just did not compute. Uh, you're Jesus. The one whom I'm persecuting. Oh my. I have made some serious mistakes in my life. And God sends him down to, to the city of Damascus. And there, uh, Ananias, I think his name was, was told to go pray for him. And of course, Ananias, when God sends a message to him, he says, go and pray for Paul. He says, I love you, Lord, but not me. <laughs> Do you know who this guy is? <laughs> And the Lord tells him, I know who he is, and I've called him. And I'm going to do many things in his life. And I'm going to use him in a great way. You just go lay hands on him because he needs your prayers. Sometimes we need one another's prayers. Amen? We're not in this alone. We need each other. We thank God that we have each other. Amen? And so the, all that he had studied in the Word, and we could say 
that this Bible is truth. Amen? But now Paul met the truth. All right? What he thought was truth was not truth. Now he met the truth and came into the presence of the truth, and his entire mind had to give way to the mind of Jesus Christ. He had to lose, I'll just say, well, might as well say, he had to lose his mind. He had to lose his own thinking. He had to lose his own ideas. Sometimes, saints, we can hold the things so tightly as the way we understand them. And it's actually a hindrance to God as he's trying to reveal himself to us. Do you really realize that a message has been sent by an angel? What if Mary would have said, well, it's not possible. I don't know a man. Well, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you, but the Holy Ghost isn't a man. How is that even possible? I don't understand it. I've been taught. My parents told me how it happens. And I, once I get married and, and Joseph and then we'll have a child and all these things. And so, you know, I understand the basics of life and all of these things. What if she to reason that way in her mind? She had to let that go and say, be it unto me according to your word. You're a supernatural messenger with a supernatural message. And I may not understand it exactly, but I believe it's the word of God. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. The mind that was in Christ Jesus was revealed to the Mary through the messenger. The mind that was in Christ Jesus was shown to Paul through a bright light, a pillar of light that come from another dimension. This mind that was in Christ Jesus met Moses out in the wilderness one day. A bright light in the midst of a bush, called it a burning bush, but the bush wasn't consumed. It wasn't a natural fire. It was a supernatural light that appeared in a bush and Moses came down and everything that Moses understood in his mind I can't talk, I can't lead, I'm 80 years old, I don't have ability, I don't have strength, I don't have energy, all of these kind of things, God says, but I'm sending you. And Moses had to let go of his own thinking and say be it unto me according to your word. You have supernaturally vindicated your word and I'm accepting your word. Romans chapter 12, I spoke on it last time I was here. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. But that's not all that God wants. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And he doesn't stop there when it deals with the mind realm. All right, the renewing of your mind. But it goes on in verse 3 and says, And I say through the grace of God given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself. Think of himself, your own thoughts of yourself, more highly than you ought to think. But to think soberly or seriously, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So in other words, the thinking in our minds of who we are is to be according to the revelation that God has put in our life. Are you with me so far? I knew that was going to happen. There's a space on the pulpit. Oh, there's a hook right there. Look at that. Thank you, Brother Ed. 
So let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Back in the message, Christ revealed in his own word. Excuse me a second. Brother Bram says, none of this world's civilization, education, or anything, he had not one thing to do with it. Why? He's God. Then he said, it would clash. If he tried to go to a seminary somewhere and learn something about something that these world's churches are doing, why it wouldn't correspond at all with his understanding. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. See, truth is not an opinion. Truth is not even a set of facts. Truth is a person. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. It's the revelation of the mind of Jesus Christ. John 1.14 says, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of it as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 14, Thomas asked him, said, Lord, when Jesus says, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, and you're going to come and be with me, and, and he says, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't stop there. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am all these things. I'm not showing you these things. I'm not teaching you these things. I am these things. It says, no man cometh unto the Father but by, not these things, but by me. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then he says, if, if you would have known the Father, you should have known the, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also, for henceforth you know him and have seen him. You see, we have been born again of the incorruptible seed of God. We have been born again of the word, or we have been born again of the truth, the person of the truth, the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. It's not something that, that you know, we, we need to lose our denominational thinking. And that's why I'm really in this subject here, is we, is we, need, to, to, we need to lose what we were taught in seminary, what we were taught in Sunday school. And I'm, te- I'm preaching to those that, like me, came out of denomination. And we need to realize there were many things that were in there were actually creeds and dogmas to limit that were put there by the devil to limit the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Because the Holy Ghost was bound by creeds and dogmas throughout the church ages. But now when the fullness of the word has been restored, we can lose all the creeds and dogmas. We can put on the mind of Jesus Christ, which looses the power of the Holy Ghost as it was in Christ Jesus. So is it to be in us. The same harmony between Jesus and the Father is the same harmony between the bride and the bridegroom. 
Amen. The same mind, the same thoughts. We could talk about marriage and how a husband and a wife needs to be of the same mind. You know, even when you're disciplining your children, when you're raising your family, when you're having devotions, when you're structuring your house, you got to have the same mind. You can't be working against each other. And say, well, I think it should be this way. And the husband comes home and says, well, I think it should be this way. And I don't think you should spank him for that. And I think you should spank him for that. Or I think he should get a timeout. Or I don't think you should get a timeout. Or I think this or I think that. What kind of a home is that going to be? You're not getting anywhere. The, the harmony must exist between the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. He's bringing us into that complete harmony. That's why he said, I, now he said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. John 14, now in verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. It does not see the spirit of truth, or I'll say, it does not see the truth. It, it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. Him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. All right, so we did not discover truth. We were birthed by truth. I'll say that again. We did not discover truth. We were birthed by truth. Brother Branham says that he can hide himself right in the Bible from the most intelligent theologian, and he'll miss him by a million miles, but yet he'll reveal it to babes such as will learn. Why? Because he's truth, and truth must be revealed. He's a person and will reveal himself to whom he will. We were birthed by him. We, he filled us with his spirit. He is our comforter. As Peter received the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, so have we received the same revelation, and it changed our understanding of ourselves. Like the woman at the well. When Jesus came by her well, uh, by her way, uh, the well there, and she had her conception of herself that was ingrained in her by societal norms that you are a woman of ill fame and you have not maintained your relationships and you've had, she has had five husbands and, and now she's lived with another man. She's a woman that, that had a very low and poor reputation. There's nothing good gonna come out of her life and everything about her was just evil. Daughters, stay away from such women. Boys, stay away from such women. Have nothing to do with people like that. We don't live like that. We don't act like that. We don't behave like that. But then she came to the well one day. And hearing all this, he said, sorry, there's nothing the church can do for you. We tried to help you after the first one. Then you went to the second one. We tried to help you after the second one. You went to the third one. We tried to help you after the fourth one and the fifth one. And this, oh my, now you're in trouble again. Look, just don't even come back to church. There's just no hope for you. Just stay away. Was that the Jews in that day or message believers in this day? I'm sorry. Maybe I better turn around and preach this way. Brother Max, you pull. All right. Sometimes we can get into that kind of an attitude, can't we? The only one that could help her was truth. But the truth was going to show her something about herself that she never knew. But he wasn't going to show it to her by explaining it to her. He was going to show it to her by revealing himself. 
And when he revealed himself, the predestinated seed within her came to life. The light struck the seed, Brother Adam said. The light struck the seed. So what did she do? She walked towards the light. That's all she had to do. Oh, I, I perceive you're a prophet. We know when the Messiah comes, he'll be a prophet. I am he. Hallelujah. That was the word of God. That was not the word of a man. And she recognized that. He could have said it to the Pharisees. If I tell you I'm he, will you believe? No, we got Moses. We got this. We got that. We, we got all our own things. Their minds could not be changed. But when the predestinated seed was laying there, the mind that told her, I'm no good. I'll never amount to I wish I was dead. I, it was the type of person in this hour that would overdose on drugs or that, that would just take their life somehow, commit suicide or blow their brains out or whatever more because their life is nothing but a miserable wreck, mistreated, misused, abused. Let me tell you, if there's one person this morning listening that's thinking those thoughts, let me tell you, maybe you're a woman at the well. And you just need this word to come by your way and quicken that seed. So you're not consumed with what the word, the world is telling you you are, but you can receive what the word says you are. Hallelujah. Words of eternal life. It came by her way. And she was changed. And now she said, come see a man. Come see the truth. Come see the Messiah. Come see the absolute. Come see the one who told me all things. Isn't he the very Messiah? Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. All of a sudden her complexes disappear. I won't say completely disappeared, but faded into the background. Because something greater than her complex had happened in her life. Listen, as long as you stay focused on your complexes, you're not going to get anywhere. You need to focus on him. As Brother Branham says, regardless of how you feel, you're going to crest every wave because you're predestinated to do that. Hallelujah. What a word. What a blessing. Now, let me mention something here. You still with me? Brother... Hammermeister told me this microphone will last for three hours and then I'm cut off. There's a, a statement, I ran into it the other day and I, so I started Googling it, you know, we, how we use Google. That Google tells us what the world thinks. And uh, I don't take it as an absolute, but it's sometimes very interesting what the world thinks because I don't think like they do. And it's like, oh, I didn't know people thought that. But I, I heard this statement Speaking your truth. Speaking your truth. I thought, what do they mean by that? Speaking your truth. I didn't know truth was subject to a person. And so I looked it up, and it's a modern term that means saying what is true to you. I thought, oh, what a devil. What a devil. Take the absoluteness out of truth and saying, well, you have your truth, and you have your truth, and you have your truth. That's just about what, the way the religion has come. You have your Jesus, and you have your Jesus, and you have your Jesus, and you have your Muhammad, and you have your Buddha, and you have your... And everybody says, oh, we're all worshiping the same God. Sorry, we're not. My God says, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So we have come to a great hour of deception that Pilate even wrestled with it as he, as he talked to Jesus. As Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, then I should, be delivered, I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, art thou a king? Jesus said, thou sayest I'm a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Now that takes it to another level. You have not just received truth, you are of the truth. You came from truth and you're going back to truth. Amen. You were in truth at the beginning. And all that was in truth will be gathered back again into truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Glory to God. That's why you're here this morning. That's why you're streaming this morning. That's why you're listening to this service this morning. Because you're of the truth. And his voice came by your way. And you heard his voice. You heard the voice of God in this hour through the seventh messenger, and it showed you, you are of the truth. It doesn't just show you that he's the truth, but when he shows you that he's the truth, he shows you that you're of the truth, because only those that are of the truth can hear his voice. There's many that claim to hear it. There's many that claim to want to know truth. As Pilate said to him, what is truth? What is truth? Like he was interested in knowing. And then immediately after saying what is truth, he walked away. Sounds like some people in the message. What is truth? And they walk away. But they never met the truth because they are not of the truth. But those that are of the truth hear his voice. Listen, don't, don't take that phrase in the wrong way. I'm not saying that in a disciplinary, militaristic aspect that if you were of the truth, you'd hear this voice. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because you're of the truth, he's obligated to bring his voice by your way. And because you're of the truth, when that voice speaks to you, you recognize it. You don't understand it, you recognize it. That's why Mary could say, be it unto me according to your, this is the truth. Many other people looked at Mary, as Brother Ranham explained, they looked at her as just a young woman. Well, obviously she had a relation with Joseph before they were married because she was pregnant before, or maybe it was some soldier or something. She had an illicit affair, and now she's pregnant, and Joseph is just trying to cover up the thing. Why? Because they're not of the truth. They couldn't receive, but she received truth. No, that which is in me is of the Holy Ghost. She goes and bears witness to Elizabeth. I met an angel, and he told me that I will be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, and I will bear a child, and it will be the Son of God, and I'll call his name Jesus. And when that truth was spoken from her lips, the baby that was in Elizabeth left within her. Hallelujah, because it was truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. I'm sorry if you don't get excited like I do. You that know me personally probably go, mine sure gets excited in the pulpit. I've never seen him like get excited like that. Pretty laid back. 
But there's something about it. When the truth strikes you, it's not an idea. It's a person. It's coming into the very presence of Jesus Christ. So now, now when the truth comes by your way, are you with me? Now when the truth comes by your way, don't just look at it as, oh, oh, I never saw that before. No, look at it in reverence saying, God, this is you. You're speaking to me here. This isn't just an idea. This isn't just something I heard on a tape. This isn't just something that I read in a book. This isn't just some concept that kind of uh, bonded the synapses of my mind into a certain reflex. That's not it at all. I came into contact with a person. The woman at the well came in contact with a person. Paul came in contact with a person. And because they met the person, all of a sudden these scriptures begin to line right up. She, we, we begin to see how the puzzle fits together because we met the person of the truth. Now, Paul's taking this scripture, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I just want to go back to it a bit. Again, I've touched on it, preached on it at length last time I was here. But I just want to touch on it here. He says, now this, this word, as he's speaking now in Romans 12, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Brother Rand picks that up. It says, he says brethren because he's speaking to those that are born again. All right? So he's not speaking to unbelievers here. He's speaking to those that are part of the body. He says, I beseech you. And then he says in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. And the word transformed is the word metamorphosis, which only finds its place in a couple, in one other scripture besides Jesus on Mount Transfiguration being transformed. We also find it in 2 Corinthians 3 that we all as an open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed or metamorphosis or transformed into the same image from glory to glory. All right? So Brother Brown picks it up in the message power of transformation. He says, now that we have been saved as we are and we have been filled with the Holy Spirit as we have, now we want the mind that was in Christ to be in us, that we might be transformed from the natural things of life and be brought in to do the perfect will of God by transformation of God's spirit by his word. Uh, that's paragraph 37 of Power of Transformation. I suggest you go home and read that paragraph 100 times. That is a powerful, powerful statement. Be brought to do the perfect will of God by transformation of God's spirit by his word. All four components of that sentence are like a sword in themselves, cutting right to the root of the matter. At the end of the message, he says, for the word of God that's brought us from our modern thinking of our mind, all right, think the woman at the well, think Paul, think Moses, as examples, he says, transforming our mind into the renewing of our hearts towards God and our spirits that same spirit that spoke that has transformed us this far 
And it also will take us into his presence, into his glory with a glorified body. Oh, so it's a trans, the transformation is a process. It's not a birth. Birth is a regeneration, not transformation. God changes your nature in your soul. But now once your soul is changed, God has to take us through the washing of the water of the word. Which if you want to understand that, what message do you understand that in, Brother Max? The washing of the water of the word. Give me a message to understand that. Thinking man's filter. Thank you. Thinking man's filter. That's pretty good, brother. You read thinking man's filter, and you'll understand the washing of the water of the word. What's taking place there? It's a transformative work, he says, that will take us into his presence, into his glory, into a glorified body. All right. So let's stop now for a minute. You're born again. I always do a timeline like it's linear. I don't know why. It's just the way my mind thinks. And, and so as we're born again, I was born again when I was 22 years old. I've gone to church since I was a baby. But I was born again when I was 22 years old. I spoke in tongues as a teenager. But I was born again when I was 22 years old. Let that one sink in. And as life has gone on. Now I thought at 22 years old. How old are you Max? 27, Johnny, 25, 21, 18, all right. Just not much different than these young people's age. I thought I knew everything because now I had the message. I know everything. And knowing everything, I thought for sure I could convert my family. Let me ask you, why don't you ask me how that went? I managed to kill them pretty good. I managed to take out the sword and lop off a few ears, as Peter did in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and you know, we all did when we were first converted, right? And we, and we thought, you know, oh, well, we got the truth. We got the message. We get, no, we met the truth. But the truth wants to put his mind into us. And in order to put his mind into us, he has to wash us in the water of the word. Wash us from the things that we're raised in, the ideas that we have, what we think a church is, what we think a pastor is, what we think a deacon is, what we think a body is, what we think the gospel is, has to wash us from all of those things. And bring us more and more into the very thoughts of Jesus Christ. Because when you come into the mind of Jesus Christ, that loses the power of the Holy Ghost in you as it was in Jesus Christ. All right? You say, how is that so, Brother Tim? I I could go through it. I have the quotes. I'm not going to look them up here. But I go through all the quotes where Brother Brown says, I can prove to you that the right attitude towards any divine promise in the word of God will bring it to pass. So I'll say it in my terminology, the right attitude towards any divine promise will loose the power of the Holy Ghost to that promise and will make it a reality in your life. Amen. All right. So we are being transformed by the washing of the water of the word uh, into his likeness and glory from soul 
to spirit to body. From the inside to the outside. From John 3.16, from Acts 2.38, all the way to 1 Corinthians 15. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. All the way to Romans chapter 8. Uh, the fullness of adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So the transformative work of God by his word. That's why, in the, that's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. It's not just to be born again. You see, when I was 22 years old, I thought, well, you just get born again and you got everything. You know everything. You can't make mistakes no more. Boy, was I wrong. Because I was born again. My life was, listen, the things of the world left me. All of those things just disappeared out of my life. It was a supernatural work by supernatural experience. And I'm not even going to describe it to you because your experience is going to be different from my experience. But the common factor is that it's supernatural and that your nature has changed. And there's a life that begins to manifest itself because we are, as we behold his word as in a glass darkly, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. All right? So that's important now, viewing the word as in a glass. Now we see darkly, but Paul says, but then face to face. So he's also talking about not only is there a progressive revelation in our lives, I'm sorry, I'm going down this road. I hope I'm not losing you. But there is also a progressive revelation in the age. Till we come to the last age, when the days of the voice of the seventh angel, all the mystery will be finished. Or in other words, all the darkness is taken away from the word of God. As I told the brothers in in Africa, and it's hard to explain to the Africans. Anybody here from Africa, born in Africa? All right, how many are born in Africa? All right, there's a few of you. Well, you, you know in Africa that you don't take hot showers, right? Nobody takes a hot shower in Africa, at least no one that I've met. It's a, I go everywhere and it's cold showers, you know, maybe lukewarm at best. But in Canada, I was trying to explain to the brothers in Africa, we like hot showers because it's cold in Canada. And so we like to have that heat pour over our bodies. But the problem is, now, when, we, when we're done the hot shower, we get out of the shower and we go to comb our hair and the mirror is all fogged up. And, and we want to part our hair. Some of us, Brother Jerry, don't have to worry about that. But, you know, <laughs> but some of us need to part our hair. And so we're standing in front of the mirror. Now what we do is we take a towel and we rub a spot in the mirror so that we can see clearly of where to part our, part our hair. Well, this message is the towel that wipes the fog off the Word of God. Now we see clearly what the gospel is all about. It's not a mystery anymore. It's been fully revealed. Hallelujah. And we are the beneficiaries of it. Hallelujah. I'm not, uh, praise the Lord. Thank you. Uh, now, let me, let me go back a bit here because I want you to understand the battle you're in. When the devil's exposed, he's, power, he's powerless. When the devil is exposed, he's powerless. You know, the brother said that was good. Uh, uh, that'll stick with him. Uh, I was talking to a young brother after service down in Cloverdale recently, just and of the few that were gathered in the church. And... Uh, 
I said, you know, every time I preach, I try to make one sentence that they'll never forget. They forget everything else. They'll always remember one thing that I said. So I think that was it. I'm done this morning. (laughs) Amen. But you know, then one of the other ministers said, you know, last time I preached, someone said to me, I notice you're getting gray. That's all they got out of the service. (laughs) That's just the way it goes sometimes. Praise the Lord. But, you know, we're living in a terrible, terrible time. The worst age, Brother Brown says. He talks about it in different places. I just better make sure. Yeah, it's in my quote here in Satan's Eden. I was reading Satan's Eden yesterday. And, uh, you know, Brother Branham talks about how uh, the deceivableness of this age is worse than the persecution of the dark ages. And he said, there you had to make a stand and give your life for it. Here, people think they're believers and they're not. He says it's deception. And now, now, I'm not the type of person that tries to take things that Brother Branham said about denominational people and bring them into the message. I believe wherever you are in the message, if you're believing the message is truth, stay with God. And God will lead you further. You might not see everything I see. I might not see everything you see. You might not see everything the person next to you see. But as long as you're walking with the truth... The spirit of truth will make known unto you what he wants you to know. I'm not into cutting this one in and that one out. I don't believe in worldliness. I don't believe in all that kind of stuff. But I I do believe that that if we love the Lord, that's the main thing. I don't believe Mary had 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 to broadcast how great a person she was. Or, or had to say, you know, I'm the only one with the truth. I'm the only one with this message. All she knew is God spoke to her. That's all the woman at the well. Uh, that, that when you really come in contact with the truth, she ran into the village, the Bible says, in Sychar, and she didn't stand up and say, ha, see, I'm better than you thought I was. That's not what she said. She said, come see a man who told me all things. Isn't this the very Messiah? She wasn't pointing at herself. She was pointing at him. And the, and the message of the hour is the revelation of Jesus Christ in the last days. We're not pointing at ourselves. I, I, I certainly wasn't looking for the message, but he found me. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Branham says in Satan's Eden, he says, now let us look at this for a few minutes, this great sinful day that we're now living in. I don't believe there ever was a day that I ever read in history there's ever been greater days of persecution when the children of God was put to death on every hand. But to see the deceitfulness of the enemy... We've never had a day like this we're living now. It's the most cunning, deceitful day. And when I see that, it brings this, that the Christian has to be more on on his toes today than he ever was in any age. He says, the cunningness of the devil now makes the people believe they're a Christian when they're not. It's a more cunning day than it would be when you had to seal your life away with your testimony. The devil has set every cunning trap that he can. He's a deceiver. 
Jesus told us, Matthew 24, how the day that we're living in, the most deceitful day that ever lived, so close it would deceive the very elected of God if it were possible. That's this day. So now he's talking about deception there. Now, I'm going to go to this here for a moment and talk about the deception of this day. How does a person get deceived? Brother Branham lays the principle down 1956, 55, 1955, a message called Mark of Christ. He says, your conscience tells you that's the truth unless you've crossed the separating line. All right? So the conscience bears witness of the truth unless a person crosses the separating line. He says, you cross the separating, then you're given over to a mind of the devil. Now we're talking about the mind of Christ. Now this is the mind of the devil. He says, a delusion to believe a lie and be damned by it thinking you're right. Now what does that mean to believe a lie? It doesn't mean, Brother Bram says in one place, I think it's the first seal, he's, he doesn't say believe, it doesn't mean believe a lie, it means believe the lie. All right, but let me go further into that and say, what does it mean to believe a lie? Brother Branham breaks it down for us, and he, and he says, to believe a lie means to believe it's the truth, but it's actually a lie. That's the delusion. That's the deception is where you're believing something. It doesn't say you're overwhelmed by it. You're believing a lie. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people around the world are believing a lie. And because they're believing a lie, well, this is the way it is. doesn't matter what it is. What, and that comes back to the statement of believing their truth. They're, they're accepting a spirit of delusion whereby they believe a lie that they might be damned by it. And so there's a spirit of delusion, but there's a reason now that God allows this spirit of delusion. Now you say, well, the reason is because they don't love the truth. And that's true. Because they have not a love of the truth, they are given over to a spirit of delusion to believe a lie and be damned by it. That's the scripture. But now let me go a little bit further for you on that because the reason that God even allows that to come into place is the same reason that God allowed it in the days of Elijah and Micaiah. To fulfill prophecy. God sat in heaven. You can read the scripture when you go home. God sat in heaven and and there in 1 Kings, I think it is, or 2 Kings, and, and says, now Elijah has spoken my word. Elijah has prophesied. That's a, there's a difference between a prophecy and a prediction. I hope you understand that. A prophecy is a declaration of the mind of God not yet materialized. A prediction is just anything. All right? It can predict. That's why Brother Branham emphasized 1977, I did not prophesy. I predicted it did not come from the mind of God. It came from my mind by what I saw and my inspiration and the way things are unfolding. It looks like it could end up in 1977. That's a prediction. But a prophecy is the mind of God expressed, though not yet materialized. All right? And so we realize then that, that now... Elijah had expressed the mind of God that the dogs will lick the blood of Ahab in the field of Naboth. And so that prophecy had to be fulfilled. And God said, now how will we get this to be fulfilled? And, and a spirit come up from hell 
and says, I will, be a lie, I will get into those, those prophets and I will become a lying spirit in their mouths. In other words, because they did not love the truth. What was the truth? The word that came through Elijah. Because they did not love the truth. But there was one man that loved the truth. That was Micaiah. And because he loved the truth, he could not be deceived. Not because he was smart. Not because he was trained. Not because he was intelligent. Not because he had it all together. But because he loved the truth. He could not be deceived by a lying devil. That God is, because they all said, well, you know, we're all in agreement here. You might as well just say what we're saying because we're all in agreement. He says, listen, I'll say whatever God shows me to say. I'm not interested in popularity. I'm not interested in what you think about me. I really don't care. I'm off to myself anyway. I'm just walking with God alone. Anybody here like that? I'm just walking with God alone. You say, well, we're all believers together, Brother Tim. Listen, I don't know if you're going to make it. But I know if there's two, I'm one of them. Praise the Lord. Don't get discouraged because if you're relying on me to tell you you're going to make it, you're in a bad place. It's God that says you're going to make it. It's God that says you'll crest every wave. It's God that says his word will be fulfilled. And so this lying spirit comes down. But I'll pick it up in the message anointed ones. Brother Bram deals with it largely there. He says, so the same thing as the lying spirit said to Zedekiah, how do we get Ahab to out there to make these things come to pass. How is he going to get these people trusting in their churches to get out here to let this thing come to pass that he predicted in this Laodicean church age? How is he going to do it? A lying spirit. A spirit of delusion. He says the Bible said that it will repeat again in the last days. And here we are. And then he talks about Moses. He says, and did Moses fuss at them and say, here, here, you can't do it. I'm the only one that's ordained to do it. Here, you stop that right now. So he takes this lying spirit now and applies it back to Janus and Jambres, who were impersonating Moses in order to influence Pharaoh in a certain way. But why was God letting it happen? Because Pharaoh and Egypt had to be destroyed. It had to fulfill the word. God raised up Egypt through Joseph. Everything Egypt had was because of Joseph. God gave it to him, and now God was going to take it away. That was the revelation that Job had. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's nobody arguing with God. God has a plan, and God has a purpose. That's why even people say, well, how can God, how can an evil spirit come from God on Saul? Well, God sent an evil spirit on the prophet Zedekiah and all the other prophets. It says, go ahead, you'll be successful. But it didn't originate from God. It come from hell and was commissioned by God that the prophecy might be fulfilled. He says, he's, Moses said, he let them go, he let them go on. Remember, the Bible says, as their folly was made manifest, so will these be in the last day when the bride is raptured and taken into the sky. Amen. So I want to ask you a question. Maybe I'm going to bring this to a close now. I'm not near the end, but maybe we'll carry on tonight. But I want to ask you a question. What's really happening around you? What's really happening in your life? What's really happening in the world? I want you for a moment to do a little exercise with me. 
in your mind, turn off your phone. I know it's hard to do in reality, but do it in your mind. In your mind, cancel all your social media accounts. Nobody screamed, praise the Lord. In your mind, put away the newspapers. In your mind, put away all the news. Shut down the websites. CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC, MSNBC. They all don't know their ABCs. And put away all those things now and tell me what's the truth. What is reality? Amen. What is reality is what is happening in the little area around you that God has given you a sphere of influence to change the world that is around you. That's all. But the devil is pouring into people's lives and into their homes with their spirit of delusion of lying, I'll just say lying, talking heads of media, lying people of, listen, social media is a lie, in case you didn't know that. Yeah, I could, I could show you some pictures on my phone. I don't have social media, Brother Max. I don't have uh, Facebook. I, I won't even go down the list because I don't even know all the names of them. I don't have any of these accounts. But I could post a picture on that account that makes my life look so wonderful. Oh, Brother Tim, he's always on top of the world. Oh, he's always got it together. It's a lie. God's got it together, but I don't got it all together. You know what? In my life is mountains and valleys. And it's the same in your life. And it's funny how we don't take pictures of valleys. You know, it's always on the mountaintops. You ever see these, uh, ever, any clips or anything of these social media, what do they call them, influencers? Okay, that's a, that's a modern word too. Is this okay? If, if, they're, if they're being quiet, it's because they know what I'm talking about and they don't want to admit it. All right? <laughs> these social media influencers, influencers, I think that's the name, and they always take pictures on the mountaintop. Or they always take pictures in the great scenery. They never take pictures of a bad hair day. Or they never take pictures of, uh, uh, of a bad, grumpy attitude or a bad look on their face. And they might take hundreds of pictures to pick one picture. To make, it's a lie. But why is it a lie? Because it's a lying spirit that's prevailing in the age that people would be given over to a strong delusion and be damned by it. See, they actually have done studies. I'm trying to bring this to a close. You with me? Yeah. All right. I told my son the other day, I was picking him up. We were working up in Grand Prairie, and I was picking him up. In a, in a, in, he lives in Grand Prairie, my son John, and I says, I'll pick you up. He says, I says, I'm getting ready to leave. And then about a half hour later, I was there. He says, wow, how long does it take you to get ready to leave? I said, hey, I'm a preacher. I said, sometimes I say I get, I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> You'll get it later. It's okay. <sighs> but the media, the news, everything, and you have to understand this if you're going to understand how the devil works, is overtaken by a lying spirit. 
the politicians, the, the, the Hollywood, whatever people look at, it's a lying spirit that has overtaken us. There's only one people that can receive the spirit of truth. That is those with a predestinated seed. Amen. God, shelter us. You know, that's what God has for you. That is your part of the world to conquer. That is what God has given you to be victorious in is the world around you. And the only way to, be, to conquer in that world is to conquer this individual. All right? I, I just want to say, God, shelter us from everything else. David said in Psalm 61, he said, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. In Psalm 17, he says, keep me as the apple of thine eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Amen. Hide me from what? The enemy. That wants to take a hold. It's not some kind of natural physical thing. It's a spiritual warfare in this age. Hide me, oh God, from the lying spirit of this age. Hide me from the strong delusion. Hide me in the truth. That seems to say it opposite, you know, but it's hide me in the truth that the delusion doesn't overwhelm me. We're not solved to call to, we're not called to solve the world's injustices. The Bible says, 2 Peter 1, whereby are given us, the stature of a perfect man, whereby are given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Listen now. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lust for power, lust for money, lust for other sensual desires, lust, 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 lust. But you have escaped the corruption. Those lusts lead to corruption. Listen, we're seeing protests in the streets, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not wanting to be political. I don't want to be political. The black people have legitimate grievances. But I'll also say the native people have legitimate grievances. The Jewish people have legitimate grievances. I could talk about the Chinese people, the Japanese people. We could talk about the Armenian people. We could go back through history and talk about different races at different times that have been persecuted, that have been downtrodden, that have been uh, genocidal against them, all that kind of stuff. It's legitimate stuff, but you will never solve it in Satan's Eden. It will never be solved. I don't care how many protests they have in the streets, and I don't understand it. I'm not colored. I read some stories of what people have been through. I've read lots of stories. I spent a great portion of my life on the continent of Africa, helping people that are colored different than I am. And I'll tell you what, the skin makes no difference to me. And I'm not saying that because I'm a white man, okay? That's not the point here. But what I am saying is you cannot solve it. But Brother Branham pointed at what happened to the Jews under the Germans and under the spirit of the age and said, I'll tell you what it is. It's the tender hand of Jehovah. Don't tell that to a Jew. Hello? Don't tell that to a Jew. Say, listen, that's just the tender hand of Jehovah driving you back to the promised land. You'll get in trouble. But God gave us an insight 
God allowed that for a reason. And it's just about the day that they will understand the reason. And they'll come to the revelation of Jesus Christ as their Savior. Listen, all the things that God allows in this world, he allows for a reason. Are they right? No, they're not right. It's sin. They're wrong. They're evil. They're ugly. They're, we're, we're against all of it, but we don't conquer it by politics. We overcome it by deliverance, by the word of the hour. Amen. 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 I had to bring that up just because it's current. Because your, your minds are being inundated. Your thoughts are being inundated by the news. They, they, they want you to think, listen, I'm not disagreeing with them that it's evil. But I'm disagreeing with them that how you overcome it. You could only overcome it in one individual. And that's yourself. But one day, hallelujah, one day we're going to a land. One day we're going to a place. There'll be no injustices there. There'll be no prejudices there. There'll be no evil there. There'll be no wrongly killed people there. There'll be no unjustly done things there. Oh, praise be to God, it'll but just be perfect love. And God's people will walk in that for the rest of their lives. And all of this cosmos, this world order that the world has been conformed to will disappear and be no more. Aren't you glad for that day? Amen, if the musicians could come. Let's, let's stop there this morning. I'm glad for that day. Listen, you cannot get truth from news or anyone in this age without the Holy Ghost. They're all given over to a strong delusion. Experts, there are no experts. I'll tell you an expert. There was a seventh messenger said in this age. He was an expert because God made him an expert. He was a star in the right hand of God. He was the seventh star. There's no stars after the seventh star. There's no messengers after the seventh messenger. What's really going on? It's a lying spirit manifesting in this age for a purpose. To bring about the fulfillment of prophecy. Hallelujah. Oh, we could go into Israel at the Red Sea. God sent an east wind to part the Red Sea. It was, it was evil. It was hard. It was a storm. If you look through the Bible on the east wind, it was an east wind, also called Euroclidon, that Paul was in that caused the shipwreck, the east wind that brought the locusts. And now they're at the Red Sea, and it's an east wind. Oh, I can just see uh, Mrs. Levi sitting there in her tent, and the east wind's blowing, and the Egyptians are out there, and they're stuck between the Red Sea and the Egyptians. And now the wind begins to blow. And she, all she can think about is, I knew we should have stocked up on toilet paper. <laughs> oh, it's foolishness, isn't it? This age that we live in. It's just foolishness. But God was using the east wind to make a way for the children of Israel. And God is using these waves that we're cresting, this storm that we're in, to make a way for you and me to go home to our heavenly home. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Be it unto me according to your word. Let's sing it like Mary. Be it unto me according to your word. 
according to your promises I can stand secure carve upon my heart the truth that set me free according to Make that our prayer at the end of the service. Hallelujah. Raise your hands, whatever you want. Be it unto me according to your word, according to your promises. I can stand secure. Branham said in Jehovah of Miracles in 1959, he says, the appearing of the angel frightened the little virgin. She had been taught that the days of miracles was past, but she had seen something happen. The angel told her, hail Mary, hail means to stop. And he had a message for her. When an angel comes, he's got a message for you. And the Holy Spirit, God's angel, is here tonight with a message for every believer. Just keep him on your mind. Keep thinking about him. How lovely he is. How sweet he is. Of his promises. If you're sick, get this on your mind. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes I was healed. Keep your mind centered like that. Something will happen to you. All of a sudden, there'll be something draw nigh to you. An anointing will come on you, and out of the chair you'll go. Draw nigh unto the Lord, and he will draw nigh unto you. What do you have need of? Keep the promise on your mind. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. Stay centered on the wheel in the middle of the wheel and let God anoint his own word to your life. Hallelujah. Let's sing that one more time as Brother Hammermeister comes. Be it unto me according to your word according to Sets me free according to your word, O Lord. Be it unto me. Keep your mind stayed upon thee. Keep your mind. 
mind stayed on me stayed on me faithfully and I will give you Just keep your mind stayed on me. Oh, keep your mind stayed on me. Stayed on me. I don't know what happened to Mary, but there was something that was in her heart. Brother Branham told us that God even put there before she ever met the angel. When she read that scripture, maybe it was warm to her. And then when she did meet that angel, oh, I, I don't know how her mind could have been on anything else. No doubt when she went back to Joseph that day and began to try to explain to him, and Joseph trying hard to believe. Or when she went to Elizabeth and began to talk and for the first time uttered the name of, of the Lord and something happened to Elizabeth. I don't know even the moment that the conception actually happened. I don't know if she knew it. But now take the quotes our brother Tim said. The bride has the mind of Christ. The word is in the bride like it was in Mary. And now you think about what caught a hold of you. What grabbed your life and what took you? Oh, I, I, I don't know if you, you're catching, friends. There is something that is happening. This is not just a calling us out of denomination. This is a calling in to a relationship. This is eternity coming to your door. This is God making a union that can never be destroyed. I'll tell you what, when, when our brother Tim went down some of I couldn't hold it. Because that's what's happening. Oh, I, 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 friends, all that are of truth will hear my word. Now that doesn't mean I've heard the message. But you actually have something that quickens. Something that captures. Something that actually responds back. And I'll say, if, it, if there's something not in you, that, that, you know, if you're just kind of in a fog, 
I, I, love the, I love the steamy mirror. I, I don't think I'll ever forget that. I don't think I ever will. But if there's a steam and you can't see yourself, not somebody else, and you can't see yourself, in the mirror of God's Word, I'd say start wiping that a little bit. Let something catch a hold of you. Let something grab you and seize you. It's a love for the truth. It will, it will it'll take desperation to run out there. And it takes love to produce desperation. Oh my. It's a process. You know, we, we just think it's one time. But that's why we come to church. For the washing of the water by the word. Oh, there's something that changed my nature. Something that regenerated me. But there's something greater being formed. Something greater that's happening. And it's day by day. Do you feel that way this morning? Oh, let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Let it live in me. Let it start. Live inside this house of clay and Sure.